Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time it may be that you're listening to this. Welcome. I'm Brandon Knight, and this is my seminary life. Episode one, and I am so glad that you have decided to join me on this new adventure I'm undertaking for the second time. Uh, This is my second go-through on seminary, and I am so excited to be back into it, finishing up my master's degree. And I'm very excited to be doing this podcast as well. This is uh, something I've been wanting to do for a while now, and I'm glad that this has finally all fell into place. God's timing is really, really awesome. So for those of you who are new to the show, which is actually all of you, My Seminary Life is going to be a reflection, really. Uh, Each week, I'm going to sit down to reflect over the lectures, homework, readings, papers, whatever, kind of whatever flows from the week in my seminary class. I'm going to sit down and reflect over it, give you some of my thoughts, some of my uh, ideas on it, with the intention of you know, helping me kind of internalize the information, kind of a a way of me writing good notes for myself so I can intake the information well, but also as an opportunity to help you, the listener, grow in your faith a little bit as well. This program that I'm going to be in is, uh, it's perfect for a podcast setting. I couldn't be happier about it. Um, so the, the program I'm in is a master of arts in ministry studies with a concentration in Christian ministry. And I know that that's really redundant, but I'm not going to complain about it, uh, because I don't know, like the rest of the classes all made sense for what I am trying to accomplish, what I'm trying to get training in as I look to go into vocational ministry. So the redundancy of the name isn't a big deal. But the structure of the class is really good for a podcast because how it works is that every semester, fall, spring, and summer, I'll be taking two classes, one for eight weeks and then another one in the second quarter for eight weeks. And that's perfect. That gives me a chance to sit down and really just put all of my focus and energy into one subject matter at a time. That's good for me. That's also good because I haven't been in school for like a couple years now. So to have this opportunity to just focus in, zone in on one class at a time, only have to worry about one big paper every quarter, that's much more appealing to me, especially compared to what I did when I was in college. It's also nice because for you, the listener, now you don't have to keep up with several different classes and try to keep the subject matter straight in your head. Like We get to just zoom in on one subject and see how it works out for the next couple weeks. And it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I think so, at least. When I was in college, I had six classes a semester, three in in the first quarter and three in the second quarter. I can't imagine trying to do a podcast in that setting. I can't, like, just to do, like, three classes, 
you know, three episodes a week or one really long episode every week, that's, that would have been too much. And some of the, like, I can't imagine all my uh, Grace College, former Grace College students who may be listening to this, I can't imagine doing a podcast where I reflect on some of those general education courses I had to take, especially the gen ed science class. It was called Science Matters. You know you're in for a long quarter when the title of the class has to reassure you that it's important that you're there while also simultaneously being a pun in the science realm. Science matters, matter, and yeah, that's science stuff. Anyway, so we're here, and in a moment, I'm going to introduce you what we're going to be studying, what we're going to be talking about for the next eight weeks. But before I do that, I want to extend a very special thank you to my brother, Bradley. Bradley has uh, functioned as a executive producer, a producer of sorts for me to help me get this podcast started. Uh, we are streaming we're streaming on several different platforms, uh, but our podcast home is Anchor Podcast, and Bradley was the one who told me about Anchor Podcast. It's really nice because they take uh, they take over the more tech side of podcasting, so that way the podcaster can focus more on the talking part, on the content part. I can talk. I can't tech. I missed, I missed being a technologically savvy person in my millennial training. I missed that lex lecture at some point. I don't know how, but I can talk. I can't tech. So Bradley was the one who told me about Anchor, who makes that so much simpler. Bradley also was the one who designed the logo, and I really like the logo. It is way cooler looking than the rudimentary design I had in my own head. So thank you, Bradley, for all of your help. I'm sure I will need more help as the show <laughs> unfolds. So I appreciate all that you have done for me, buddy. And for you, the listener, if you are a pro wrestling fan, Bradley has his own podcast streaming on most podcast platforms by this point, including Anchor. It's called Pro Wrestling Planet, where Every week he sits down to do reviews, predictions, news, and he covers a lot of different promotions. It's a good show. Check him out sometime. All right. Well, let me get situated here. Let me get my Bible out and turned over to where we're going to be reading a little bit from here in a bit. While I introduce you what we're going to be looking at these next couple weeks, spiritual formation. So when you hear the phrase spiritual formation, what immediately comes to mind? Maybe something like sanctification, leading a spirit-led life, being a spiritually minded individual, forming spiritual disciplines. If any of those things come to mind, then you're you're right in a sense like spiritual formation is a broad term and all of those different things kind of fall into place somewhere in this conversation but ultimately this week what the focus was really on was understanding what spiritual formation is not because sometimes in life, it helps us to better understand what something is when we focus on what it is not. And the big punchline for the whole week was spiritual formation is not moral formation. 
Spiritual formation is not moral formation. Christians should be the most moral people in the world. You know what I mean? Like if there's, to use a silly extreme example, if there's ever going to be somebody that you can that you can count on to not commit a murder, to not kill you, it would be a Christian. Christians should be the most moral people in the world. It's part of the fruit-bearing aspect of Christianity that we would live morally good lives. We're not habitual liars. We're not kleptos stealing everything in sight. We're moral people. The problem is, is that the church has taken this a little too far. And that they have made spiritual formation and Christianity as a whole all about becoming a morally good person. The purpose of spiritual formation, the end goal of Christianity, isn't to make me a good boy or to make you a good boy or a good girl. That's not the point. Yes, part of the fruit-bearing aspect is that we would be living a good morally life, but that's not the point. The point isn't to be a good boy or a good girl. Now, as, the, as I was listening to lectures this week and just hearing about the, this uh, perspective on moral formation versus spiritual formation, I began to reflect on how legalism takes on many forms. I grew up in Hammond, so I have a um, stereotypical view of what legalism looks like. I think we all kind of have that idea of what legalism looks like. It's, you know, requirement of how to wear your skirt, you have to wear a tie, have to have your hair cut a certain way. It's rules, 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 rules. It's very much like the Pharisees in the Old, or excuse me, in the New Testament, in the Gospels, where they imposed all these additional rules, all these additional laws on top of God's law in order to, quote, keep people holy, to keep them on the right path, to make sure that they're not going to break the law by keeping all these additional laws, right? What's going on here with the Pharisees? What's going on here in the more stereotypical view of, le- of legalism is that these individuals are trying to take salvation, they're trying to take spiritual formation out of the hands of God into their own. Now, trying is the key word there. They're not succeeding. They are trying to take what is rightfully God's responsibility, God's work, into their own hands. I can do this. I will keep these rules. I will impose these things so that way I can be closer to God. It's kind of like those, those things that, you know, those, they're not like, they're not Bible verses. They're absolutely not. But we say some of these things in Christianity as if they are Bible verses, and we should probably stop. Like cleanliness is next to godliness, or uh, Jesus helps those who helps themselves. Like, no, 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 no. Again, should you be living a morally 
good life as a Christian? Yes, but that should be a natural outflow. The goal isn't to just do all these surfacey things to try and keep you looking good, keep you looking like a Christian. The thing is, though, is that legalism is broader than just fundamental Baptist churches. Legalism is broader than the Pharisees just imposing extra rules and laws on top of God's law. When good, practical, spiritual disciplines, things that we should be doing, become moral absolutes in our lives, then we're just keeping a different form of legalism. What are the three most basic things that all Christians should be doing? Three most basic things. Pray, read your Bible, and fellowship with believers, whether that's, you know, going to church on Sundays, or if you're more into the house church world, just getting together with like-minded believers for food, fellowship, and Bible reading, like, whatever it is. Three most basic things. Pray, read your Bible, go to church. You can add fasting, you can add serving, you can add uh partaking of communion. You can, you can heap on additional things that are also things that as Christians we should be doing, but baseline, pray, read your Bible, go to church. And I think when someone first comes to Christ, it is good to try and form these as habits because it may have, you know, you've may have lived several years of your life, but by the time you've come to know Christ as your savior. And so now you're, you need to not necessarily play catch up. That's not, I was going to say that. That's not right. But you need to like form this habit because it's never been a part of your life before. Although it is important to point out how many stories I have heard, and you've probably heard as well, of people who like reject Christ for a long time and then finally uh, accept him as Savior. And what do we see? They have a hunger. They have a thirst to study his word, to pray, to be with believers. That's the type of hunger and thirst that we're supposed to have all throughout our life. How do we do that? We'll we'll get to that in a second. But when these good spiritual disciplines, these things that all Christians should be doing because we know that they help us grow in our relationship with God, when these good practices become just habitual things that we do, ritualistic things that we do, then they're just, it's just another form of legalism. When the, when we hold that Bible reading time to a moralistic, if I do this, then this will happen. When we hold, you know, serving in the church, if I do this, I will be able to get this done in my own life. When we hold these things as absolutes like that, then we're just going through the motions and not living in light of the gospel. So if that is what spiritual formation is not, then what is spiritual formation? One of the uh, illustrations that was left in the lectures this week that really stuck out to me was the, the professor was talking about WWJD bracelets. What would Jesus do bracelets? 
Do you remember these? Do you remember these at all? I don't know if I'm dating myself or not by talking about WWJD bracelets that were, you know, I had one when I was a little kid and it was the colors of the wordless book. I don't know if I'm dating myself or not right now. Do people still have these things? Anyway, they were these bracelets that said, what would Jesus do or WWJD? And it was to encourage you to think broadly in any given situation, like in any situation in life, what would Jesus do? How would Jesus respond? And it was encouraging you to kind of think critically, think about Jesus's life in the gospels and how it would, how he would work through these different situations. Well, like I said, I had one of these when I was a kid and I can, I can remember having this thought. I don't know why I have, I can remember this. Maybe it's just for the sole purpose of talking about it right now. But I can remember looking at my bracelet and thinking to myself, what would Jesus do? He would do a miracle. Now, keep in mind, I was like eight or something, okay? And 2021, Brandon, who's almost 20 years older than that, thinks that now that that is a very narrow, one-dimensional answer. But as an eight-year-old boy, that makes sense, right? What would Jesus do? He would do a miracle. Because what do we spend the most time talking about in children's Sunday school classes when we get on the life of Jesus? The miracles part. Walking on the water, uh, turning water into wine, healing the paralyzed guy, they drop through the ceiling. Like, that is what we talk about the most. And I mean, it's an important part of Jesus's ministry. It's a one-dimensional only one part of his ministry, but it's still part of his ministry. But like I said, now, almost 20 years later, now that just seems too narrow of an answer. Well, I don't know if you keep, sorry about that. Uh, I don't know if you keep up with the world of TikTok or CCM, contemporary Christian music, But a lot of young millennials like myself or Gen Zers, they've started bringing an answer to the table. Again, these WWJD bracelets, they were supposed to be broad answers for broad situations, right? Well, now they've brought an answer to the table. What would Jesus do? He would love first. That's what Jesus would do. In any given situation, that is what Jesus would do first. Jesus would love first. And doesn't that sound right? That sounds right, doesn't it? John chapter 4. Perfect example. Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman at the well. Jesus, humanly speaking, had no reason whatsoever to give a rip about this woman. None whatsoever. If anything, he should have treated her like garbage if he was going to interact with her at all. But he doesn't. What does he do? He shows love and compassion and breaks all these cultural, you know, norms of the day by doing so. What does Jesus do for us? He shows love to us. He showed love to us first on the cross. What would Jesus do? He would love first. Doesn't that sound right? I am persuaded, based off of the lecture from this week, that what would Jesus do? He would do a miracle. is too one-dimensional. And that he would love first is not actually the first thing he would do. It may be the common response he would 
most likely always have, and he would perform miracles. But the very first thing that Jesus would do in any given situation is abide in the vine. He would draw near to his father. He would rely on the Holy Spirit. That was always step one. That was always where Jesus would get his strength, get the wisdom to move forward in any situation. That is where it all started. What would Jesus do? He would abide in the vine. And if that is Jesus's example, then that is where we start as well. What would Jesus do in any of my life situations? I need to draw on the vine. I need to fall back on the Father. I need to rely on the Holy Spirit. That is spiritual formation. Not rule keeping. Not just doing things. Not just reading my Bible because I know I should be reading my Bible. The first thing I need to be doing in any of life situations is drawing near to the vine. Relying on Jesus. Our verse of the week, I'm going to try and have a verse of the week every week. Our verse of the week is John 15 verses 4 and 5. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And I love these, I love these verses. I'm sure like every Christian does. But I love these verses. Because there's actually a two-way road here. It says that I am to abide in Jesus. But it also says that Jesus abides in me. And later on, Jesus is going to go on to say that I used to call you servants now... Now, I call you friends. There's a relational aspect going on here. It's not just me drawing near to Jesus and him saying, well, give me a second. Uh, So-and-so over here needs me right now. You're good. Just wait there a second. No, I'm drawing near to him and he's abiding in me. He calls me his friend now. Spiritual formation, Christianity, there is a relational aspect to it. I can remember being in high school that was the, there was this big, you know, is Christianity a religion or a relationship? And what was that guy's name? Jefferson Burke? I think that was his name. Was doing like the spoken word about how Christianity is a, a relationship. It's not a religion. Here's the thing. It's a, rela- it's a religion with a relationship. And that's how it sets it apart from any other religion out there. That yes, we have these things that we are supposed to be doing, but we do these things like going to church, reading our Bibles, praying. We are doing these things not to just check the box, but so that way I can be with my Father. I can be with my friend, Jesus. I can be with the Comforter, my Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. That is spiritual formation. It's not moral formation. It's abiding in the vine. I, uh, I'm actually coming into this semester halfway through. Uh, so 
for the spring semester, you're only going to get this one eight-week class. Sorry. Um, but I'm really happy to be starting here. I think, I think any class would have been good. I, I mean, I'm all for the academics studying and writing big papers, and I, I've got this thing I still need to read about how to write academic fancy master degrees papers. I really should do that later. Um, but I'm really happy that I'm starting here in spiritual formation. Because rather than just being very academically focused with maybe a little bit of personal spiritual growth, the real focus of this class is my relationship with God first and then the academics. There are some pretty cool things that we're going to be talking about here in the next couple of weeks. It's it's a very different class. I was talking to my wife, Claire, about it last night, and she was just, this is so different. Like, this really is. And it, it is a very different class, even compared to most normal um most normal ministry study courses. It is a different type of class. I I took the undergrad version when I was at Grace College, so I'm kind of familiar with it, but I'm very excited to be back here where I'm going to be focusing on my relationship first, kind of decluttering part of my life a bit, and then moving on with the rest of my academic journey. And I'm excited that you get to come along with this. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, I hope you come back. But if you did enjoy this episode, whatever podcast platform you're listening to listening to this on, please give us a subscribe and write a review. It helps get the you know the suggestion of the podcast out to other people. Or or you could be the algorithm in the world and tell somebody you know that you think might enjoy the show, and that would be much appreciated. By next episode, I am hoping to do two things. One, I'm going to try and set up a way that you can contact the show rather than just giving out my personal information to everybody. I'm going to try and set up a way so that way you can write to the show any comments, concerns, complaints, uh, limericks, poems, haikus, whatever you want to send in. But mostly I'm asking for questions so that way we can have a question segment during the show or do a good old Q and A episode. I don't know why. I don't know why people like listening to Q and A episodes, but I do too. I mean, I listen to them anyway. Uh, so I'm going to try and set up a way that you can contact the show. I'm also looking into options for financially supporting the show, which really is going to be more so a way for you to financially support me as I finish my academic training. I had to withdraw from seminary the first time due to financial reasons. And I really, I really don't want to have to do it again. I really don't. I really don't want to have to do this three times. So please um, be on the lookout for that. And please be uh, considering helping uh, support the show. There's a way, again, Anchor Podcast is kind of our main podcast home. And there's a way on there that you can set up a donate button. I I'm trying to figure out if there's also a way to set up a donut button so you can gift me donuts, because that would be great. But there's a way to set up a donate button to uh, support the show. I've looked a little bit into Patreon, which for those of you who are unfamiliar with Patreon, uh, it's basically one big PBS pledge drive. I mean, 
you you donate to the show and I offer you incentives, bonus content, all that stuff. And I have I have a lot of ideas on how to grow the show. I really want to offer you all bonus podcasts. I I think I I imagine Bradley may think it would be cool too if we saw the logo as a sticker on someone's laptop. Like all those things are great and wonderful, but I do have to be realistic with what I want to give you all and what I can deliver on um, because I'm back in school and I have a full-time job and I have a wife and I volunteer with my youth group and next week Zack Snyder's Justice League cut is coming out and that's going to be like six hours of my life so I just have to be realistic about what I can deliver on so hopefully by next week all, all that to say hopefully by next episode I will have more information on contacting the show and also financially supporting the show and speaking of next week next week when we get together to continue our conversation about spiritual formation we're gonna take a look at mr crab's view of spiritual formation and i'm just gonna let that one hang there i thought that was a pretty good way to tease the next episode mr crab's view of spiritual formation next week but until next time Catch you all on the flip side.